Hi, my name is Cheryl L. and I am a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. I am also a 100-pounder and um, a multiple relapse survivor. Uh, to be give the condensed version of my uh, recovery history, I came to OA originally back in like 1973. Uh, I was 12-step by my first husband's boss. And um, I, I went in and out of the room several times um, before recovery really stuck for me, before I really caught on to what this program was really about, that it's not a diet club. Um, I wanted to start out by talking more about how my disease first manifested itself. I think a lot of people talk about the end but I wanted to sort of talk about how I fell into compulsive overeating. And uh, if people don't mind, I'm going to uh, read two things. Uh, the first is a page from the For Today book, the July 11th reading. And it says, uh, the quote is, the most exhausting thing in life is being insincere. And that's a quote from Anne Morrow Lindbergh. A young woman who had binged and vomited for 13 years before finding a way considers herself well qualified to speak on people pleasing. Here's what she told her group. Quote, I think, seemed to think I had to go through life with a smile pasted on my face. I was sweet and accommodating and polite. A good egg. Of course, none of it was sincere. How could it be when inside I was angry and resentful and afraid? My false front was so exhausting, I had to make it up to myself somehow. And the one sure way to do that was to eat. The same exhaustion overtakes me today whenever I try so hard to make a good impression that I am not being myself. But it's all right to make mistakes. I am not perfect. I'm making progress and I'm very grateful for the chance to do it. For today, doing or saying something I don't mean costs me more in the long run than I'm willing to pay. I am as honest as I can be without either being rude or fawning over anyone. The second thing I wanted to read is from the AA Big Book, and um, it's from Chapter 5, how it works, and it's just the opening few sentences of that chapter. Uh, I'm sure most of you know this. Uh, I've heard it like a zillion times. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. So I'm going to talk a bit about self-honesty because um, that was my problem, like the young woman in the For Today book. Uh, Self-honesty or lack of it was sort of how I got here. 
Um, I grew up uh, in a household which um, had a rageaholic mother and stuff. Uh, she she was very uh, physically violent, throwing stuff, screaming, yelling, raging all around. And uh, her marriage to my father didn't last very long, only until I was about five years old. And uh, when my father left, um, it was just me and her for a while. So, and she was very unhappy. So I learned in my fear uh, of being left or being sent away uh, to just be compliant, you know. I went along, I sort of covered everything up. By the time I was eight years old, I was in the food already and stuff. Um, uh, there were some uh, instances of trauma by uh, a neighbor and um, some uh, mistreatment by uh, classmates and things like that. So I wasn't having a good time and uh, there really wasn't anybody to talk to. But um, instead of trying to talk to somebody, uh, anybody, because I didn't know who to talk to, I ate and everything. I learned how to sneak, too, uh, because if I didn't fix my face, if I didn't act the way the adults around me wanted me to act, um, there, there would be hell to pay and everything. So um, it got worse as I got older when I hit puberty and everything. Um, I, I would wait till people left the house uh, and I would eat. A lot of my eating was done by myself um, when everybody else left the house. I didn't realize that I didn't want to be by myself. I didn't want to be alone with all the stuff that was turning inside of me. And uh, nobody in my family knew how to talk about how they felt or anything like that. So we all ate and everything. Uh, my, my mother, my uh, siblings, my aunt who helped raise us and everything, everybody was in the food and things. Um, that continued, and basically what I wanted to tell you is that it continued uh, because I was in a schism, you know. Uh, the outside didn't match the inside, and I'm not just talking about my physical appearance. I'm talking about my behavior to the world. I put on this nice compliant uh, act and everything. I was a good student and all the rest and I was screaming and raging inside. By the time I was 16, I was suicidal, and I had suicidal ideations and everything. And um, at that point in time, nobody was into going to therapy, and uh, I didn't know about OA. If there even was, I don't even think OA had been really established in my part of the country at that time and everything, so I had no where to go with all that stuff. But um, the, the feelings 
or the behaviors would sneak out, you know, when you squash something down, uh, it tends to seep out around the edges. Well, stuff seeped out around the edges and it was, you know, um, I drank, I smoked, um, probably not anything more uh, adverse than any other average teenager or whatever, but it didn't go down too well in a strict household and stuff. By the time I was 18, I left, but I took my food behaviors with me. I took my uh, suicidal feelings with me. Uh, I didn't have any coping skills, and I didn't begin to have them until I came to OA, like I said, in 73. But it, there was a lot of work to be done to undo it. Uh, what I had learned all through my growing up years and everything. And um, I only started the first time I came to OA, I lost 70 pounds and thought I was cured. And I left the rooms and stuff. Um, I, I also lost a husband in the process of uh, losing the 70 pounds. Um, I wandered back and forth in and out of the rooms over the years. And um, my behavior, I was in places that weren't really right for me, but I didn't know what was right for me because I had suppressed so much of myself. And um, I was just doing stuff that really wasn't suitable for me. Uh, it looked good, okay? I, I had a good job. People were proud of me, and I was very unhappy. Um, I, I crashed uh, because uh, I couldn't suppress all that stuff with food, with booze, with smoking, cigarettes, and uh, shopping, and everything. I was just one big ball of addiction and everything. And um, like I said, the outside and the insides didn't line up. And it got to a point where it didn't start to line up until I hit bottom. I had a complete break and um, had to come back one step at a time, one day at a time. Um, I dropped my addiction sort of in the reverse order of how I acquired them. So the alcohol went first, then the smoking and the food sort of did a dance back and forth for a while. Uh, I had to stuff something in my mouth because God forbid I say whatever it was that was actually on my heart and, and stuff. Um, I was in and out of the rooms. I learned some stuff about food. I learned uh, some stuff about myself. I went to therapy, thank God, uh, and stuff. And I went to OA, thank God. At least I knew enough to come back to the rooms because the rooms, in these rooms, OA worked better than any diet I had been on. I felt better when I was in OA, and I knew that much. If I didn't know anything else, I knew that much. I felt better when I was in the rooms and stuff. Um, so in 2011, uh, my health, my physical health got to the point where I couldn't fool around with the food anymore. I couldn't lie. I had to be honest. And this is about self-honesty. 
Um, I had to really be honest about what the food was doing to me, what I was doing with the food, and um, I came back to the rooms and I stayed put this time. I didn't leave once I lost the weight thinking that everything was okay. I knew I had to do this to save my life. Um, I've been abstinent a day at a time since May of 2012. Um, I picked a food plan, uh, and I'm just going to talk about food very briefly, food plan very briefly. It's very basic. It's, it's flexible. It allows me to go anywhere and do what I have to do, but there are foods that I do not eat, and um, I'm okay with that today because um, I like who I am. Today, my insides and my outsides line up. Um, I don't think the old Cheryl would have been able to sit here and tell you everything that I just told you um, if I were still in the food. The food, the food being gone, being down, gives me the clarity to see what I have to do. And instead of blaming somebody uh, else for my troubles, I now look to see what my part is and things. And that takes time sometimes. It's not like automatic and everything. But, you know, uh, the saying about when you point a finger at somebody, there are three more pointing back at you and everything, that's the truth. So I wait to see what the three more have to say to me these days before um, I, I shoot off my mouth or whatever. Um, I'm just a happier person. I haven't had any suicidal thoughts in years um, since coming back to this program seriously, um, you know, uh, in one fellowship or another. And um, this is, I'm grateful. I'm extremely grateful. And um, I... I just want to, you, you folks have a topic that you want to discuss, so I'll just throw out that we talk about self-honesty and about honesty and what we get or don't get when we have it or don't have it. And I'm going to end right here. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot more to say. Um, I'm done. Thank you very much for allowing